Thank you for joining the Modern SaaS Finance Academy. These courses were curated to guide you on building your competency and craft as a finance professional in the software, SaaS, and subscription industries. Enjoy this session. Well, hello, everyone. Thank you very much for joining this particular session. My name is David Apple, head of the SaaS vertical here at Sage Intact. We're talking about three frameworks to help you track success and inform your board as you scale. It's great to meet everyone, to see all of you. This is a great event, and we're so excited to be part of this community, honored to be invited. I've uh, been had the pleasure of earning the business of over 2,000 of your peers. We've learned a tremendous amount of insights from talking to them, and that's those are the insights we want to pay it forward to to help you out today. So there's three things I want you to learn in this session. IST, how to identify the metrics that are material to what tells your story, how you set your targets in order to drive against all of those, and then how you track the progress and work together as an organization, as a leadership team in order to get through that. Let's start with the very first one, which is identifying your metrics. I wanna share a story first, the story of the cathedral builder. In the 14th century in medieval France, there was a cathedral builder hustling down the dirt road to the cathedral. He passed three people stacking bricks, said to the first one, what are you doing? The person said, oh, I'm stacking bricks. Said, okay. Passes the second one, what are you doing? Oh, I'm stacking bricks to build a wall. Okay. Passes the third one, what are you doing? I'm stacking bricks to build a wall in order to learn how to build a cathedral one day. Fast forward in the future, first person's passed away, second person's barely scraping by. Anybody want to guess what the third person's doing? Building a cathedral. And so as you're telling your story, there's operational metrics that are key about what it is you do and the automation that you do with the process and the software and the functionality and technology that you deliver critical, but it's only stacking bricks. Pulling it together in a great reporting layer to, so people understand what's happening is critical, but that's building a wall. When you create a shared consciousness with your board and key stakeholders and key ecosystem on what it is you're truly trying to do in prosecuting the mission of the company and create a shared consciousness across everybody and what the metrics are and a small number of the most important factors, that's when you build cathedrals. And that's what we want to get started on in order to help you out. And the first one is measure your mud, your meaningful underlying business dynamic. Every company with every story and how it brings value to its customers is unique and different in that. There's no one size fits all. And that there's so many different myriad of factors that you want to pay attention to your customers, your contracts, market dynamics, growth trajectories, what's your unique about your go to market model on IACB or high volume or myriad of other things. But what's critical to all this is you know what it is in terms of the definition, the value you bring in your customers and how your investors can track the return on all that. And then bring your leadership team together to. You know, agree where you agree, disagree where you disagree, but working toward a productive outcome. So everyone's on the page with a common definition of what success looks like. And there's there's a myriad of metrics that are out there and growth classic with car and profitability in today's market and on efficiency. We're going deep on churn and, you know, both logo churn and dollar churn and then the net churn and the gross churn. What your cost structure is and your PL. We're going to get a lot more detail on that coming up. What your CAC or client acquisition costs are, how you're going to calculate those and what's going in those, particularly across cohorts and across the customer lifetime. The rule of 40 and that balance of gross growth versus profitability, what's happening right now. 
And then what's actually happening with your capital consumption? How much money have you actually raised? And how much of it has you have you used? And what's your burn rate look like? Each of these have so much more detail. I and my team have written so much about this. If you want to go deeper, simply Google Sage Advice David Apple. That'll bring you to my page on our blog. And we've got over 180 different blogs that go deeper on all this, whatever level of detail you want to get to to help get underneath it. Um, so please go deeper there. But these are what you're trying to look for, for what your meaningful underlying business dynamics are. And there's so much criteria to use, which metric that you're going to use. If we just focus on churn and net revenue retention to begin with, there's so many different factors that can uh, uh, derive and implicate what you're in, be implicit to what metric you use here. There's the type and the quantity of customers you have. You have a classic high ACV model. You got a low dollar point. You have perhaps a hybrid across the two of them. What's the length and term of your contracts and monthly, annual, multi-year? Then how's the revenue recognition going to look underneath that? How are you tracking the contracts that paid up front? Transactional usage billing, land and expand. Are you going to light uh, what footprint and price point to get in, but you roll up users into a bigger contract and then. What stage are you in your growth cycle and your market maturity and the penetration versus your competition? So if you want your mud in order to do your cathedral building, there's a myriad of different uh, ways to go underneath, and there's detail underneath all these, but you details matter. You want to understand what these are. And I pulled this together with this, did this in conjunction with Key Bank and their annual SaaS survey that they, they do, and we're a big part of our clients are part of that. Uh, here's the from the IPOs, the S1s of 12 different IPOs that came out, how they calculate uh, churn. And look at the difference and how all these different firms calculate churn. I use box. Does anyone have a guess as to what implied ACV is? Because implied ACV is box, customers that pay box greater than $5,000 in ACV each year. How they came up with that metric is their own internal Lows are disclosing it as part of their S1, but there's so much difference in uniqueness across these 12 really, really well-run firms. And that's why we're going to this detail as you decide what is your meaningful underlying business dynamic and unique aspects about the value you bring into your customer and how you come to consensus, both as a leadership team and as you're progressing it bigger with your auditors and your board in order to pull this together, because there's that kind of variety that can happen and making all this happen. And as much as all that's going on, as you grow, there's different cohorts of clients that you've delivered with different levels of product that you want to tell the, have the cohorts also tell the story of the evolution of your understanding, the value you're bringing, your penetration of the market, your sharp elbow against your competition. And you can do it by pricing, by industry, by geo, by product mix a myriad of different ways, but again, be common in your definition, thoughtful on, on this, tied back to where you think the business impact is going to come from. So I ask each of you, if you just take a moment to think to yourself, what is the core meaningful underlying business dynamic for your business? And take a moment, write it down, type it, think for a moment for yourself, and then how much consensus do you have? across the leadership team and pulling this together. And if you don't, just take an honest assessment. It's just you and yourself think about right now, where is the breakdown and how do you get more aligned? And if you don't know, there's politics and, and hurt feelings, emotion, raw emotions, still find the way 
to work through that. Get the CEO coach, get the third party, get the independent member of the board to help guide you through all this because it's critical that you've got that trust and shared consciousness to make this happen as you do your own assessment on all of this. So if that was the first section, identifying your metrics and what is your cathedral building, your meaningful underlying metrics, and tied back to some of the industry expectations and uniqueness that can come together from all that, let's move on here to the second section, how to set your targets. And I wanna guide you through uh, the different stages of all this. I built this in conjunction with one of our former board members, a gentleman named Jeffrey Epstein. Jeff was the CFO of Oracle for many years and is now an operating partner at Bessemer Venture Partners and amazing leader, amazing board member. If you start here on the left-hand side and follow your way up, seed, series A as you grow, there's something your board expects you to do at each stage. Seed, product market fit, just get 10 happy customers. Series A, prove your revenue model is defined as the growth rate that you've got up that shows you're getting market traction. Moving on, prove your net expansion revenue model is defined as your customers are buying from you a second and third time and upselling and renewing it. You not only crack the code, but you crack the code on their success and then the communities building the referrals that come from all that. And then later stage, grow your gross profit that you can make the model that you figured out to be predictable, profitable, and repeatable. And then a big outcome milestone, we take a capital efficient model and you're moving to additional markets, additional geographies, and doing it in a way in which it's predictable or what the public markets expect and you'd be able to make the measures that you put out there. So it's against this continuum that there's a different expectation of you and thus different metrics that are expected of you to get there. So let's start with the early stage folks. Just I'm trying to put some framework in place of what you want the measurements to be, again, how you, our second point of how you're gonna inform your board and scale. Refine and expand your value proposition with the rapid growth trajectory shown in the ARR. Money counts to show the traction that's happening here. Then define your ideal client profile and is defined as your sales cycle and the velocity where it's repeatable. I've been on a number of boards have been part of so many companies' growth cycles. You need to get consensus here because you only got so much engineering time and you've only got so much ability to define the market and present who you are and what's unique about you and your brand to get things out. And you need to be focused at this stage to get the early traction, again, to get your sharp elbows versus your competition to put yourself in a position with what comes next as you move from crossing the chasm to get market adoption into who's going to win the bowling alley and what comes. And then from that feedback of those 10 customers, those ecstatic customers, prove the value defined as a consistent price you're able to get out. And then you can turn this into your educated uh, hypotheses and the key metrics and the three-year plan showing that you've identified the customer value of what's coming on. So it comes next after that growth stage. You're, you're, now you're, the market's starting to pick things up. How are you gonna differentiate yourself is shown as your win rate. And then the milestones you wanna do is what's the product plan that shows the identification of who the client is, what's important to them, their hopes and their fears, and how's that translated in the product in order to address those in the ways that make you unique and different and delivering on the value to everybody. And then have repeatability in all this, showing it being able to get that next level traction in the dollars and the ARR, and then compelling unit economics with what's your client acquisition cost, how much are you dialing in 
on what the market is, where they're going for answers, who they're turning to for answers, what they're looking for in their answers, and taking that into client acquisition costs and starting to drive it down with uh, your lifetime value to your CAC at 4X or better. So this is what, uh, what you're trying to do at the growth stage on what's coming in. Then you move on to later stage, which is your, the key focus areas here is you're asserting your market leadership, that repeatable, predictable, and profitable, and the growth rate, and you're keeping the growth rate above the benchmark on what's coming into the business. And also underneath that repeatability and readiness for scale, a lot of different uh, answers here, what churn could be, what the average revenue for employee is, what a key one is, the time to rep productivity is coming into all this. And then showing that in how you're hitting those later stage dollars and the $50 million in ARR, and then that path through the sales velocity curve to the over 100 million and beyond. And then the compelling financial profile and showing your ability to hit your numbers. Some of those metrics we talked about before, a lot I've written about in the blog, if, if you search on Sage Advice and David Apple, but your NRR, LTV, the growth rate, and critical here at today's market, profitability and smart spend of money in order to drive growth is key to everything where you got the rule of 40 is greater than 40 having to come together so and again rule of 40 is the definition of the combination of the growth rate plus the profitability in the firm and you're showing that it's higher than 40. a lot of conjecture and debate on exists exact rule but it's certainly a good guidepost to be able to put yourself in so let's take a moment and just ask yourself on uh, against those metrics whatever stage you might be against this life cycle against these stages of early stage growth stage and later stage where do you think you're strong? Take a moment, just write this down. I really wanna make this practical and thoughtful and the actionable tips and not just a talking head. Um, and cause you you know your best business and be honest with yourself. This is between you and your, yourself pulling it together. Um, where are you strong, but also where are you concerned? Where do you think there's gaps? And how do you be the leader in your company to be honest about the gaps rising above the politics, back to how you're coming together, you've taken the risk in your career, the company, the investors have taken a risk to try to prove this out. Be honest with, it's not gonna be perfect. How you talk through uh, where you think there are weaknesses and what you could be doing executing, coming together, rising above petty office politics, if they may exist, in order to lead people to that better place with hypotheses and data and experiments and constantly testing, going back on. So good, I hope everyone's got a little sense of uh, where you're strong, where you're concerned. Let's move on to our last thing, tracking your progress. How do you look backwards? How do you forecast what's coming in the future? And there's all different forecasts. Here's three different models that I see people go about. First is the plan, the 60-40. Your 60% chance to beat this, 40% likely to miss. This is what you wanna guide as to what your valuation is and pulling things together. This is the commitments you want to make to the board, to the investors to prove where you're at in your whatever stage that you're at against those milestones that are expected, you're getting there. And those underlying metrics we talked about that you've got a small number of the most important metrics to be able to manage yourself against based upon what shows traction at your stage. Now, if you've got the plan, what you want to manage your team against is the leaders, not many of you as finance leaders, some of you as founders and CEOs. Then you have the stretch plan. 30, 70, 30% chance likely to beat it, 70% chance to miss. This is the rally target. You've taken the risk. 
if you've got that trust and shared sense of teaming across everybody and everyone playing to their strengths, supporting each other on their weaknesses, this is the rally target. This is a real gut check on can you put this out there and it doesn't inspire fear, rather it inspires hope and excitement and creativity. And let's give it a shot and put it around a, a small, like be really clear what you think is a milestone that shows against the backdrop of what people want to see at the stage that you're at that reinforces you're capturing that as defined as showing value to the customers and differentiation from the competition. And then I love having a BHAG, 10% chance of a big, hairy, audacious goal, a 10% chance to likely be just dream big. Have some fun with this one. Don't make this one about like yelling at everybody and getting angry if it doesn't happen. This is like the, the moonshot, but exciting things happen. When you take a moonshot, it's the art of the possible, what's coming on. So these are the three metrics that you want to get under, but you need to operationalize this to have it come together. Here's a classic SaaS model. You may or may not match your models, trying to be indicative of most of visitor, uh, the, the funnel, the visitors and signups is who's coming into the page and able to track converting into paying customers is who's converting into your different product lines is to find then underneath that, what's that converting into with your MRRs, your monthly reoccurring or annual reoccurring revenue that's coming in is what that you can depend upon, not just what's contracted, which may or may not have, it may be vapor, but what's actually happening. And then what's the marketing cost that come underneath? This is a classic model to try to forecast yourself against. And there's all different models that people go about using in order to make this happen. You can forecast revenue against historical data. That's difficult right now in today's market because there's so much uncertainty in the past, the, the future does not necessarily equal the past right now. You can do opportunity stages, you're managing people through the funnel, putting a percentage against it, the length of sale cycle forecasting, some of these a little more difficult again because things are more uncertain in the market right now, lead driven. But then there's the multivariable analysis forecasting. I'm gonna talk about this. This requires great systems and processes to put this in place and move beyond just standard spreadsheets, but it's possible. But I want to give a tip on what happens here is most people tackle the automation of the core processes based upon their stage end by putting in technology one piece at a time. But I have interviewed hundreds of our customers and I ask them a lot of questions. One thing I ask is, what do you most dislike about your job? You know what the answer is and you want to think about for yourself. But one of the key answers is, having to manually reconcile the data and doing integrations and wasting time being manual and then not sure if the data is accurate or not because multiple systems of record means sometimes it's who's pounding on the table and loud and most aggressive is whose data everyone's going to choose but that doesn't build the trust that you're looking for and it leaves you exposed that there's risk out there so you want to be really thoughtful in how you're setting up the systems in order to get there and i'll just simply say it's easier if you do it all in one platform, the less integrations, the more you can follow an order and the item master, and then the billing and the revenue rules posted with the dimensions. So it ties into what your reporting looks like and your ability to forecast against the many uh, uh, variables that you might have out there, the easier your life is going to be. This is your peers feedback and how they do it. But when you do all this, and you've defined your metric and you get it systematized and you begin with the end of mind what data you want to be able to present because you're on the same page, you can build a beautiful dashboard like this. This is this indicative data and 
some indicative uh, measures that are out there. But this is the nirvana that you want to put in place that you share with the board, you share with the executive team, you share in the company meetings because there's alignment. People want to know what success looks like and where they stand against it. And good people will find a way to continue to evolve in order to do that. So here's SAS metrics with CMRR and the growth rate, quick ratio, where you're at against the rule of 40, retention rate on dollars and customers and logos, where billing stands. So there's so much you can get into in all this. And then things like this, get into your renewal forecast to understand where your NDR is. And this gets communicated across the product team as to what's working, across customer success, where the upsell is, sales as to where the impact comes, back to finance with the profitability. And then track against your cohorts. As the transactions come in, you've tagged them and tied to a cohort. So you're able to do cohort analysis against the different metrics that are unique to you. Again, in that very first section, we talked about whatever your definition of contract term and customer size and geography, whatever your dimensions are, you're able to put this in. And then you're able to build your budget and put your expectations in and again, have a shared dashboard and tied into bookings, tied into your cash forecasting to see where the expectation of cash can come from as you're trying to stretch it out, make it happen. Tied to your MRR, then putting different variables because you understand where the triggers and the metrics and the dials are in your business in order to put it in and have, because the data is there, be able to run. This is for the multivariable analysis to come in, have the variables that represent the market, and then be able to guess and put that out there. And then have that honest assessment because you, you've uh, done the business work to have things in against the measures of the stage that you're expected to do, and then the trust in the organization to be able to not always agree, but to be able to fight well to get to a productive outcome that comes out of all this. I want to pull this together in an amazing story. This is our customer of the year last year, um, Springbook, an amazing firm in the fintech space out of the Midwest in Indianapolis. And I want to just pull out a couple of things because they went through all the different stages of the of the needs that you need to have at each end. But by putting in automation is being able to handle the scale, but then be able to share and know what their key metrics are to take churn down 7%. And then from everyone on the same page from what the customer looks like, what the billing model should be, having the customers see that and retain with them and taking DSO down and creating more operational cash flow. And knowing what it is they're trying to track in their cohorts, put those dimensions and create financial reports in seconds instead of days to be able to get there. And then by having the forecast and a shared consciousness and who their two main uh, customer ideal profiles are, uh, being able to invest ahead of time and improve gross margin while taking the variance down. And so as you go through this journey of who uh, the IST, identify your targets, set the metrics, and then track your progress coming in here. Here's an amazing company of firm that created millions of dollars of post-money valuation and the client value and investor return from going about doing it. So we covered these three things today. Identifying your metrics in, in the concept of bricks, walls, and then your cathedral. Setting your targets against the stages and the expectations that uh, people have of you, of your, of your stage, and unique to your billing model. And then tracking the progress with putting a great operational infrastructure in place. Be able to share all this information against the cohorts and data and the dimensions that are critical to you. I hope this was helpful to you. Again, I want to, this is our attempts to pay it forward. No one just wants to 
hear a little bit about product. They want to hear about best practices and what makes them successful. And this is from a, thousands of your peers sharing this with us. And I'm so uh, appreciative of being part of this community. I'll attempt to answer some questions that come in on the back end of all this. If you wish, wish to reach out to me, david.apple at sage.com or connect with me on LinkedIn. And you can get it beyond the, the blog if you want to go more to our uh, homepage. It's bit.ly slash easy climb with a capital E and a capital C, bit.ly slash easy climb. I know I've got some questions that are coming in here. And one of them, I just uh, the team kind of collated for me is, how do you communicate these with your board? Well, you want to have this pulled together as you're doing your investor roadshows and, uh, and have the consensus, show the understanding of the client profile and the metrics and all that, but be really clear on all that. And then hopefully you build relationships with boards. I'll say sometimes if you've got multiple board members that each have their own goals and stakeholders that they're trying to have accomplished, that can sometimes throw things off to make uh, the pieces. Um, sometimes uncomfortable discussions, but those are key in order to do it. So let's go through another one. What's multi-factor variable uh, forecasting? That's it's sophisticated, first off, and it shows a command of your underlying metrics, but the ability to extrapolate out because you understand who your customers are, where they're coming at from you, what's unique about them and how you're different from what your customers are, you can put in, go back to that slide, like in this particular thing, different dollar amounts that are coming in, upsell values, what's the uh, percent of conversion that you're going to get, what's the upsell model that you're going to get out. There's a good tool will give you the ability to put in different assumptions and different model lines that are coming in here. And it's getting you out of spreadsheets, which has all the common issues on uh, um, accuracy, which version are you using, consistency of data, I'm going to pull this together, but you need all that upfront work where I said with clarity and simplicity and how the transactions coming into the system with the billing revenue rules can put against that. Okay, a third question. What are investors looking for in order to make the investment change from A to B? Let's go back to that. We'll be real focused on it. The early stage, you're trying to show that you understand the customers and their value, and you're getting that feedback from the customers to drive you in your product roadmap. But what comes next is you put that into the key one, on the sales side is you're putting it into a repeatable sales cycle that's predictable where you can do your funnel analysis that if you got some traction in like whatever 100 customers are in at the uh, prospect stage or discovery stage and that's a 20 percent waiting you can understand what, how that's going to do the yield in the back end but tied not independent from one another but tied to the partnership between the head of sales and the head of product on what is the market asking for? What have people seen to make what makes you different and better? And then how is it translated in the product plan to get that business? And you don't always know, but you're thoughtful about what your experiments are with early stage or hypotheses are with early stage simple experiments that aren't betting the farm in order to A-B test or try to get this. And then a lot of great community feedback in order to come in on all this. Okay. Go back to the wrap up. And so I'll just finish off with those questions. We'll try to follow up with the other ones uh, later and email or whatnot, or just ping them to me at david.apple at sage.com. I want to come back to where we started. Thank you for spending the time with us. I hope this was helpful for you. I wanted to give 
thematic principles, but then practical tips that you could execute on with how well do you understand your MUD, where are you concerned and have strengths, what your metrics are, and then how good a tech stack have you set up in order to be able to have that shared consciousness and be able to share it across with everybody. A pleasure meeting you. I look forward to possibly uh, speaking in the future. Everybody, please have a great day.